Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And today we return to rock and roll with Mr. Big. Billy Sheehan started Mr. Big after leaving David Lee Roth's Eat Him and Smile solo band and singer Eric Martin, hilarious guy. Uh, they got stories about how they first met, the early days of the band, their surprise number one hit song, To Be With You. And of course, Billy's got all the scoop about David Lee Roth and what it was like recording and touring with the legendary Van Halen singer in the mid 80s. You know, there was some debauchery going on there. And it's Friday, so you know what that means. It's time for the Duff McKagan joke of the week. <laughs> Hey, Chris Jericho, it's Duff McKagan. You know, we're getting so popular with these joke things that people are sending us jokes in for me to tell you. Uh, so I got to give props to Kevin Mejia for uh, sending this one in. It is this. Did you hear about the guy who invented the door knocker? Huh? He won the Nobel Prize. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> Good job, Kevin. I like that. If you guys have, uh, uh, you want to participate, send your jokes to the Twitter at Talk is Jericho and uh, tag Duff McKagan as well at Duff McKagan. Uh, Duff will maybe read it to you or he'll come up with his own some good, some bad jokes like he does every Friday without fail. Two years of jokes from the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer who calls them in no matter where he is in the world. Thanks, Duff. Uh, he's getting ready to release his new solo record, Tenderness, then hit the road with his solo band. That all starts at the end of the month, but we're going to have Duff on Talk is Jericho very soon to tell us all about it. It's a rare interview from a member of Guns N' Roses, but Duff always takes care of us here at Talk is Jericho, and we will get it to you very soon. Uh, he's going to be hitting the road soon. And uh, speaking of hitting the road, my boys in Shinedown are headed out next month as well for the Attention, Attention World Tour. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at LiveNation.com and then hear them do Second Chance. How about Devil? And their amazing cover of Leonard Skinner's Simple Man. So baby, be a simple, be a simple man. Do a great job with that one. Brent, uh, the singer, and Zach Myers, Talk is Jericho alumni, actually go in the crowd to do Simple Man. Fozzie toured with them. We had a blast. You will too. You're going to know every song they play. They could uh, release the Chinese phone book uh, and it's going to go number one. They've got so many hit songs. You're going to love their killer stage show as well. Lots of pyro, lots of fire. You're also going to dig the other bands they're taking with them Dinosaur Pileup, Broken Hands, and Bowed Flower. I like Bowed Flower. I play them on my Sirius XM show, The Rock of Jericho, all the time. Uh, if you have heard it this is a clip from ghost yeah that's another great tune bad flower is going to do that song live and Shinedown is going to do all of their big songs live when they are on tour together this summer. It's going to be a night of rock and roll. You won't forget the Super Bowl of rock and roll. Get your tickets now at LiveNation.com. That's LiveNation.com. Go check it out. Shinedown. It's a night you're never going to forget. 
And you're not going to forget this show either because The Rock continues with the great Billy Sheehan and the amazing Eric Martin from Mr. Big right now on Talk is Jericho. So I'm here in Mr. Big's dressing room with Billy and Eric. Eric went to try and find some whiskey. Yeah, uh, it's a special bottle that showed up tonight, and I think he's uh, looking for that one. True rock and roll. But I, w- I wanted you mentioning something that a lot of people don't know. We're here, over here doing kind of a, a cavalcade of shows. There's some festivals. There's some headliners. A this, cavalcade. This, this, a cavalcade. But the one constant is it's really, really hot. Oh, my God. And there's no... Uh, we were in a hotel with no air conditioning. Every time. Mind-blowing. It's, it's unbelievable. And, uh, I, I can't... Uh, it's it's uh, you're laying in bed and there's like you can feel the sweat dripping off your it's forehead. The wor- it's the most uncomfortable thing. Unreal. Because we we've had that too, where we showed up at hotels and it will say online because our tour manager looks. I'm sure yours does as well. Air conditioning. Yeah. And you get there and it's like we don't yeah. have no air conditioning. No, it's a fan. That's yeah. Arrogant. Yeah. That's or, or you want the air conditioning? <laughs> Open the window. We're exactly. just talking about the summer tours about how hot it is over here oh and no God. air conditioning in the air in the hotels. It's been incredible. Uh, I, I, I the, the musical. Okay, I was going to say musical climate, but the climate has just been crazy lately. The this is yeah. probably the hottest uh, bunch of tours that we've done in a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, really hot. We, I'm, I think it's I'm the not hottest. losing any, any weight at all. It's the hottest like, European <laughs> summer in 100 years. So we were, is, it, is that a, a fact? Yeah. 100 years. Because yeah. we were over in uh, Slovenia, we played with you guys, yeah. Yeah. and you came over on the stage, you're like, it's hotter than brazil over here yeah, it's I like know. brazil level heat right <laughs> but then the, the the problem is when you get off stage how do you get your gear dry for you the don't. next show <laughs> oh, it yeah. ferments is what happens <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous that fermentation <laughs> process is uh, <laughs> yeah quite uh, quite uh, odorous <laughs> odorous not onerous odorous i remember that show you know that, that was our first show and uh you know you guys did your thing we played the, our gig and i'm a big um rock and roll fan mm. and i am i'm a I'm, you know, kind of an Accept fan, but not not like you guys, right? right yeah, we love Accept. But, yeah. <laughs> but you were totally busting my balls when I, you know, I'm, I'm having a couple pops, and I came down in the pit, and in Hungary, in, in Hungary, yeah. and I'm raising my fist, I'm going, yeah, balls to the wall, rocking at you, and you look at me and you go, dude. You just got here. Well, like you're trying to. No, you're, you're uh, like. But what happened you, was you, the you, singer you, looked over, <laughs> just as Eric got here. Went, oh, Eric, how are you? And I was like. Dude, I've been standing here the whole time. He never looked over here once, and you've been over here three seconds, and you get the credit of like the bro. You know when you see your bros watching from side stage. I I looked at you for a second. I went like, "Did he just apply that I was a pussy?" Just for a second. (laughs) No, I did not. I did not do that. Implied, but. No, but it was. It was <laughs> but you guys so, just finished your, your meet and greet. You do them after the shows, which well, that's is like our after show pass. But we do a meet and greet. That's like an official one before the show. Gotcha. Which is uh, kind of a, 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 a people pay for that, right? And I'm, I've never really been too much into that. And so, uh, and I always tell people, I do a free meet and greet every night out by the bus, <laughs> outside out the venue. So you know, you, you kind of get it a little bit. I mean, like, it, I mean. If, if you try to make as special as you can, because I mean, look, look oh, I, you know, these um, I've been to a couple of meet and greets with my children to see like kid rock and roll bands mm-hmm. like the Jonas Brothers right. when they were kind of big and stuff and in sync and all that stuff. And you just take a quick picture and then you're shuffled out the door. There's yeah. nothing going on. Now, there is one thing that like you're paying this money. I mean, shit, how many 
we we play four or five songs today. You play yeah. four or five songs. Yes. Every meet and greet. Yeah. You go out. You shake hands, kiss babies, the whole bit. Yeah. We sign it, it everything. It's kind of worth something. We take care of them. We take care. You know. And look, and that money, you know, like when people go, oh yeah, we well, got all the money in the world. And I'm like, but that money does pay for the tour bus. That well, it does. For the, uh, for, 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 the economics know. of the situation, yeah. a lot of people don't understand. It's very expensive to tour, as I'm sure you know. Of course. And mm. uh, you gotta try to make uh, the best money you can. So. You know, we appreciate when people do pay for the meet and greet very much. We do our best to take care of them. And you give them something, like you said, yeah. like a mini concert. I thought we've because we've been working with this for years. We used to go out for dinner with the VIPs Great. and wow. just trying to do something different. Because, like you said, it is kind of like people go, "Well, how come you know meet and greet should be free?" Well, they should be free, but music should be not free. No, and that's kind of the trade over. Like you mentioned, Billy, you're not so much into the meet and greet thing, or you don't think people should pay. But it's also now this whole, and you guys know it too, all the money that you used to make or revenue from album sales they're not there anymore that's gone right yeah. Yeah, so uh, but you know just uh, as an assist or an aside or an addition to that i always go out afterwards by the bus mm -hmm. and there's a, sometimes there's a huge out of control crowd there and i do my own security so everybody settle down <laughs> i'm gonna sign everything and take every photo no yeah, worries yeah. <laughs> so everybody back off we're cool take we your time me and eric stay out there sometimes for an hour Signing and taking care of people, and then also it's also uh, uh, we got great friends. Uh, tonight, all the people here tonight were all their after show passes. Where people I, I, we've known I, I for years much know everybody's name. Yeah. I even, you know, I was like, oh, look at Claire, Ayaka. <laughs> you know, they, oh, you're from Hungary, Japan, Taiwan's here. Yeah, like all kinds of folks. Yeah, people from all uh, countries all over the world come, and it's really you see that. Good. And for you guys too, there's a lot of at least the last couple of days, there's been a contingency of Japanese fans. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like you guys, I remember I was. I was working quite regularly in Japan in the 90s. Yeah. And this is when you guys were playing Budokan. Yeah. Constantly. And I was like, gosh, Mr. Big is playing Still Budokan do, in Japan Still in 1996. Awesome. What, what is it about Japan that you guys just connected so well? <laughs> well, Billy couldn't give you the gigantic answer. I think <laughs> it's the fact that we grew up with these guys, you know, like we started out in 1989, but... Billy went over there in 1988 and sort of campaigned and said, like, Mr. Big has come and I got this new band. Oh, really? And, oh, yeah, yeah. And we've been campaigning for years, right? And and before all cell phones or uh, emails and all that, we were writing, you know, handwritten letters. Snail mail letters for days. Like, mm. oh, just sitting in the room and just crank out letters and get people involved. You know, I mean, we did the meet and greet thing. We, we were always... We did so many um, interviews. In and, store. Oh, so much stuff. We did a thing. Where, where do we play? Where we played? Like, it was about 10,000 people, and we shook everybody's hand at the end of the show. Dude, oh, they, yeah, wow. it's like you, it was me and Pat. They split us into two groups. Me and Pat on one side, and you and Paul on the other side of the theater. And I want to say they, on that particular gig, that might have been like a 5,000 seater or something like that. Yeah, I thought it was 8 to 10, but I might be wrong. Yeah, wait. It, you're splitting hairs yeah oh oh higher oh the kids went here higher show business baby was, i think it was fifteen thousand that day <laughs> anyway <laughs> twenty thousand yeah, bottom line be... was you're shaking a lot of people's hands yeah, in japan we're actually getting dizzy because as people went by hi thanks for thank you very much right, hey, right, thank yeah, you very yeah. much dude we, uh, it was, it was I mean, great. after a while i mean like the hand was kind of hurting a little bit. I, know. <laughs> I, I had a like a a little sore spot on my hand from but shaking. Had you yeah, yeah. been there? Yeah, yeah, but that wasn't from the... Uh, <laughs> hey. Hello. A, nice setup. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, softball. Had you been there before, though, Billy? I went in 88 to do bass clinics with Yamaha. Ah, and so gotcha. for my walk-in music, I played the Mr. Big Demo. 
Uh. We hadn't even recorded yet, uh, like a record yet. So I played the demo. And you can hear, like, uh, they did, just shot video of the whole thing on the video in the background. You hear Mr. Big, who is that? Who is that? And I, and I announced to, to the audience every night at three clinics. One at NHK Hall, sold out clinic. And, then we went, and that's went a big back, room. We, we actually went back and played it. Uh, but it was a, it was a crazy uh, uh, situation. So many people, but we um, uh, so we, we we started the ball rolling there. And our manager Herbie Herbert was friends with the major promoter there, so we came in. We did our, our first time. We did a typical uh, Tokyo, Osaka, Nagoya. Then we spread out a little bit more. We ended up playing all over Japan. So mm-hmm. most bands go there play just Tokyo or just Tokyo, Osaka. We did. In the north, Sapporo and Sendai and the West Coast, Kyoto, I mean, all the places, right? And all the way down to Kagoshima in the south with a volcano. Our plane got diverted because the volcano was erupting. We had a, <laughs> so we played, uh, you know, about eight, ten, twelve cities every time. If you can get that many cities in Japan, you know you're popular because, like amazing. you said, most bands don't We're do that. Very grateful, and Did, the fans are, are amazing. So I'm, I'm go ahead, sorry. No, but but the cliche. The Spinal Tap cliche that you go to Japan, they're going to love you no matter what. It's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they watch closely. I we always tell people just just take a Phillips head screwdriver and open up your VCR and look how finely that is put together. <laughs> That's how tight they are. So when they're watching you, if it's not awesome, they're not coming mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. A lot of American bands went over there and played once and never got asked back again. Never played back. So when we went there. We hit it as hard as we hit it anywhere. Same show we would do in New York City. We're gonna do, and you know, we we, we didn't uh, slough it off at all. Glory, glory. keep going. Hallelujah. So so we really uh, we hit it hard. We hit it hard, and, uh, Did, and we made a lot of friends right up front. And like Eric said before, we get like literally piles of letters and emails, and inside the envelope was stationary, uh, addressed, stamped envelope, and a pen. Mm-hmm. So you could so everything you needed to answer them. Yeah. So we'd answer them and stick a pick in there, and you know, and just make sure everybody got taken care of. And the, the and most, it, it the most prettiest words. I mean, they're so oh, amazing, poetic. They write like, English. You are my treasure. Yeah. Oh, you unbelievable! Are, you know, like way Touching. beyond. You know, yeah. you rock. They're, they're, yeah. Right, you rock, dude. But yeah, the, the Japanese understanding of English is so romantic and so, oh, like you mentioned, so beautifully and, written. Yeah. You know, they the, mix it up sometimes. Like, you kick ass. You guys are smoking. And then eventually we get, you guys smoke ass. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do like to get yeah. messed right there. <laughs> we appreciate it. We want to see the sentiment. Like, that, remember that we were backstage and we saw this sign and it said, no smorking or something like that. No smorking. <laughs> yeah. The first time I went there was for wrestling. It was in 91. And I wrestled. So my partner was Lance. It was Chris and Lance. We were called, I think, like the Thrill Seekers or something. And the first day we go and the card, like the, the set list of the show was on the wall. Yeah. And my partner, Lance, was so upset. He's like, we're not on the show tonight. I was like, what? It's our first day. We're not on the show. So I went and looked and I looked at the, we were in the main event and it was, uh, instead of Chris and Lance, it's said Kleiss and Runtz. And I said, yeah, dude, we're on the show. Right. I said, so if you're not Lance tonight, you're Runtz. Right. <laughs> I'm Kleiss. Their, their L's and R's are a little messed <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. Like, even, you know, Paul used to be in this band called Racer X. Right. And it was like Laser X. Yeah, Laser, Laser X. Did you put together Mr. Big Billy? Because I'm thinking, like, oh, yeah. you came right out of the Roth band, and, and there's... Lots that we want to talk about that. I know you got great stories, but you doing this thing with Steve I and Billy Sheehan and Bissonette with like matching leads and all that Crazy stuff. Yeah, stuff. Come straight out and 
find Paul Gilbert, who's the yeah, other. When I, when I, I knew Paul already. He'd come to see my band, uh, Talos, mm-hmm. and back in Pittsburgh. And then he'd moved out to L.A. And then I also knew Pat Torpy. But, of course, the key, I had to find a great singer. Right. And so I heard a couple guys, nothing quite floated in my boat. And then Mike Varney, a guy who's famous for Shrapnel Records. A lot of people. Yeah. He goes, I got this guy, Eric Martin. He goes, oh, play it for me. And I go, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I wanted a guy like a Paul Rogers, Steve Marriott, like soulful, yeah. but, but hard. And uh, and so, sure enough, uh, I got in touch with Eric, went up to San Francisco, met him, and then... I kind of Paul and Pat waiting in the wings. Oh, okay, I got a singer now. Come on, you guys, and we uh, we put it together from there. It was because uh, because you'd been doing stuff for years on your own, Eric, at the time, yeah. right? And yeah, you mentioned yeah. Herbie Herbert. He's a famous manager of Journey and all these big big bands. And he, he was he actually managed me. Mm. Um, yeah. And when Billy gave me a call. I think maybe that's the reason why you gave me a call because you knew I had Herbie Herbert in the wings, right? Well, it was a factor. <laughs> it was a, uh, exactly. It pushed it over the line. But uh, yeah, I had, um, I you know, I started in like um, uh, 1980. I had this band called 415, and then we later changed it to the Eric Martin Band. The band didn't like it. I thought Jeez. it was catchy. <laughs> That's a hell of a name if you're Eric Martin, yeah. <laughs> but we um, we got signed to Electra Records in 1983. We did an album called Sucker for a Pretty Face. Great record. Uh, with Kevin Elson, who produced our the, biggest all, records. Yeah. For our biggest, all the Journey our stuff. First four. That's right. And all the Journey hits. He was, you know, he started out, he was a live sound engineer for Leonard Skinner. He was a, he was a, he was on the plane. He was on the plane. Yeah. Was he really? Yes, he was. Survived. The plane that crashed. Yes, he was. Wow. Was incredible. So I did this record, and we were, you know, we were, it, was a, it was a great band. It was Troy Lachetta from uh, Tesla, Tesla yeah. John Nyman from Y&T. Uh, we were kind of like the poor man's Night Ranger. We had like two double, you know, guitar players and stuff, and it was a great record. We toured with ZZ Top, Night Ranger, actually, and did our thing. And then the band kind of broke up for a little while, and then that was it. And then I got signed to um, Capitol Records as a solo artist. Beat around for a great many years doing soundtracks and uh, and I, I didn't really have an identity. I was kind of a rocker and I, and then I was also an R and B kind of singer. And it was 1988 maybe the call it, came in. Yeah, call came in. Uh, Mike Varney has been a great friend of mine for years and yeah. years and years. Kind of a visionary at the time, oh, right? Oh, he he, yeah. he right. you know discovered Hilarious. all these great guitar players, but he's <laughs> he himself is is an awesome good uh, guitar player. So he and he gave me a call and he said, "Hey, what, what do you think about being in a band again? You know, you're a solo artist, but what do you think about being in a band with like a guy like you know Billy Sheehan?" I'm like, "Is that is that the guy who?" You know, just as all wacky, you know, in the David Lee Roth videos. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, like, dude, tightest pants in the history of freaking the world. Anyway, uh, is that that guy? And they go, yeah. And I go, I don't, I don't know. I, like, he he wants me in his band. They go, yeah, he does. He's on the phone right now. He was notorious for yeah. putting Mike like would those. Put you on the hold and then call someone and not tell them. Oh. Yeah, they do that all the time. <laughs> so I was like. You know, I mean, like, granted, I just sang tonight, so I have a little kind of gravel in my throat. But I was like. I go, hey man, how you doing? It's like, hey, this is Billy Sheehan. What's going on there? Platinum recording artist Billy Sheehan. He heard me sing uh, this movie soundtrack. It was a movie. I can't called, stop the fart. Yeah, it was a movie called Teachers. Oh, with Nick great Nolte. Song. It was a bit back in the eighties, and um, the, the, it was me and Neil Sean that wrote the song. 
and he heard that can't it can't stop the fire and it was it was pretty high balls was to great, the wall great track you know that kind of thing <laughs> my voice was really high back then uh, i think my balls dropped back in the, like when i was 45 <laughs> but um and then that was it we the, him and i we did a couple demos together um look at me with my poor mic technique i'm talking to you like a conversation <laughs> my mic, you're a singer damn it here, man. keep it this far Jeez. from your mouth i know I'm that's sorry. what you learn in radio class sorry folks at home <laughs> all over the world and canada all right so we um we were like hustlers, man. We were going to every record company, shopping these demos that yeah. we made. And I'd written a song called uh, Rock and Roll Over and Big Love. And he had written a song like Whole World's Gonna Know. And so another one that I can't remember what it was, but it was the making of our first album. And even we, we'd written other songs together. I mean, I Stranded on a Desert Island. That was one of them. That's nice. Right. Stranded on a des de Desert Island. Never, like, that never that showed up anywhere. That's a stupid-ass title, but it was <laughs> a God. great tune. You know, I'm yes. like, look, can't really look, chant that at a show. Stranded on Stranded. a Desert Island. Stranded on a Desert Island. Desert. I heard it chant that. It kicked ass, actually. Don't, hey, like, don't shoot. Oh, the songwriter messenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, when we... Um, so we, we, we beat the street and we went to every record company and blah, blah, blah. Nobody was like, nah, 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 I don't get it. And then, then we got, I'm going to hand this over to Billy. Then we got Paul Gilbert. And like, like Billy said, he kind of knew Paul because Paul was, Paul was a huge fan of uh, Billy's band Talos. And, and I, I remember him standing in the audience in front of me. Wow. Remember, this is a tall kid. I go, yeah, yeah. Who's this beanpole? <laughs> yeah, he's like six foot five or something, yeah, right? He's, yeah, he's, 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 <laughs> he's, got, he's got an inch or two on me. <laughs> we didn't have he's that. also taller. <laughs> there you go. Ba -bum -bum. Thank you. Hello. Thank My you. broker's <laughs> EF button. Try the veal. All the week. So, we, um, so, you know, it was just him and I in the beginning for a good couple months, you know, writing songs and stuff. But um, we got Paul Gilbert. Paul, look, the story goes, and I'm dead, like, I'm just quoting from all the fuck, all the magazine yeah, stuff. That from I, Circus Magazine. I know. Yeah, yeah Cream. Yeah. Um, uh, Billy Judge, a uh, yeah. guitar player. At Casares. Oh, Go wow. Ahead, you, you feel it because I wasn't there. You're looking at me like, you're not. No, that's not right. That's not right, man. <laughs> Shut up, Eric. God, I'm not. No, they had a guitar uh, thing. It was me and a, a white snake bass player. I forgot his name, though. Obviously. Neil Murray. Neil Murray. Oh, okay, there yeah. you go. And uh, Nailed it. Very good. Sure. good. I'm a rock and roll. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we we're, you know, the little little judge panel there. Basically went there for free drinks and hang out and meet girls. There used to be girls there, yeah. And there were some girls and there were some drinks. But there was guitar players also. <laughs> and uh, so Paul came up and I told everybody, watch this guy. Because he had opened for Talos at one point back in Pittsburgh. And I knew he was a pretty great player. And Paul went up there and just was... It was funny, too. And he purposely didn't do any hammer-ons because every guitarist in the world was doing them. So he went up there, and at the end, oh, rock and roll, wow. So, so, of course, he won the thing. I don't yeah. know if he won, like an amp or something, or you know, some, some Taco Bell uh, certificates, <laughs> whatever. So I, I, but, but, I, but again, I knew him uh, enough to speak with him and stuff, I guess, when I did finally contact him for the band. And then Pat Torpy, uh, on the day that I left the Eat Em and Smile band, during the morning, before I went to the meeting where all hell broke loose, I went to a recording session with myself, Pat Torpy, Dave Amato, who's in Ario Speedman, and Brett Tuggle, who was a Cuba player for Dave Roth, now is with everybody, Stevie yeah. Nicks, and is what a, one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know Pat? 
No, I didn't know. Like at all. You met no. him at that session. Yeah, Brett Tuggle introduced me. That's why when Brett was at the memorial, oh, right it was, it was, it was, uh-huh. was quite, 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 you know, he was the guy who introduced yeah, yeah. me. So we're all there. It's uh, bass, drums, guitar, keyboards, all of us singing. I'm thinking, hey, this might work. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it with that David Lee. Uh, sorry, Dave. I, I, Come on of, now. Yeah, you know, I was just Easy. kind of up to here with that. So, uh, so that's how I met Pat. He was an amazing singer. And then I hadn't heard him uh, play drums. So we went to a NAMM show and he played with some other band. He was just great. And then he played with a Knack. So me and Paul went out to see him one night at, with the Knack. Just I told Paul, Paul, I got this great drummer. You got to love him. Okay. So we go out to Madame Wong's in LA. And we're sitting there waiting for the show to start. And the waitress comes over, almost like I paid her to do it, but I didn't even know this girl. She goes, uh, Hi, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're here to see the band. Oh, yeah. Oh, this drummer is amazing. <laughs> it's fate perfect thank you <laughs> Paul I swear to God I didn't tell her to say that and, Paul, and Pat got up there and killed you know power pop great you know just exactly right up the alley what kind of thing that Paul likes to so we knew right away Pat was the man and he, uh, he, he was amazing I mean he, you know we auditioned one guy this guy one Bob, other guy Bobby Richica remember Bobby that, that name like stuck with me but Richica Bobby Richica he he was like the beat best of actually, yeah, excellent drummer but uh, excellent drummer but 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 um but he just didn't he didn't have that je ne sais quoi Pat came in played yeah, Pat. played his ass off on the songs that we had his tone of his drums oh, have all resonated I mean like amazing tone and he had been in bar bands for decades yeah, he was a journeyman right well, yeah. we have almost oh, a parallel so, existence where so we much. you know got out of high school got into bands played every bar high school dance everything you know we, we so the stories we both had as a result of all that were pretty amazing but great singer too uh, that's great what it's oh you took the words out of my mouth his voice when he first started singing i was like i, I mean i wasn't jealous but i was like Jealous, kind of. <laughs> but, but it's but good to like, have a guy no, like that in your band, like though, dude. McCartney. Yeah, yeah, it was so good, he, and it was fat. It had, it had a thick tone to it, so where I, I'm thinking, thick harmonies are going to be dope. I mean, like, mm. okay, dope. Like I'm having like, what, what am <laughs> yeah. I? What am I like? That's uh, rad, dude. What am I? The Sugar Hill Gang? Uh, <laughs> sorry, kids. At home. Sorry. Go- Google it, guys. <laughs> uh, you know, this after the show, and uh, you know, we've been uh, teetotaling. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, but Pat did his thing and we immediately it was like we, yeah. we all had a nod mm-hmm. it was like not like this is the guy it was like he's a grandmaster yeah. at the drums right so away we were channeling well, and pat was like okay i guess it i'm was in almost an ipso facto super group the same way that the roth band was and it was this extension of like i don't know if it was like i said we can talk about it in a bit but it was a conscious effort but you guys made like crazy riftastic music <laughs> but in a very accessible like like a song like going crazy or a song like Yan- yankee rose yeah. you did that with addicted to that rush and colorado right. bullrog bulldog bullfrog bulldog colorado on the first bullfrog, record yeah right. but you just were you were able to be <laughs> but you had found this but magic that, formula that was really the goal is to have it was humble pie bad company free spooky tooth those bands that had a soulful singer they did some playing too mm-hmm. and so that's why when to be with you was a hit people came up to me and paul and said oh you guys you guys must be bummed out like, bummed out are you kidding me this is the greatest thing that ever happened to us. We got a number one single <laughs> right playing acoustic guitar simple bass paul mccartney bass lines Woo-hoo! 
Yeah. Fantastic. It was amazing. So, we, you know, to be painted into a corner, you must riff your ass off at all times at the highest speed possible. That's crazy. You know, we didn't want to be uh, typecast in that way. So to be with you was... Uh, what a life changer. Just huge. Right? What game changer. And it's interesting because I was just did three seconds of research, which I pride myself here on Talk is Jericho. <laughs> Only the best. Deep. Uh, deep. <laughs> deep. But three. I saw two things on, on To Be With You that really blew my mind. One was it was the third single released. Yep. Yeah. And two, it was the last song on the record. So that tells me, was that even, did they just let you put it on just because, oh, whatever, just oh, do it. Oh, there's a whole freaking movie on yeah. that one, man. Unbelievable. Wait, can we, how can we? Me tell this in a nutshell. I mean, like, I know you're going to do the lion's share of it. You should kind of tell the world a little bit about what, like, Herbie did for To Be With You. But, uh, you know, our, our record company at the time, Atlantic Records, they put out these three songs and they were going to essentially drop us. Right, because it was, it was like the, the rocker, like, they, they the raw screen system. Yeah, they, 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 they just couldn't, they, they just didn't get us. Yeah. They, you know, we were trying to build a career here and and we were so good. I mean, we've been for all, our whole lives as a band. I mean, we've been really consistent live, and we're a great live great band. Live band yeah. And we made some damn good records. And but we we campaigned or toured or whatever you want to say forever, open just to for get Rush, the, get the scorpions. People, and people dig right. us, you know. So um, yeah, I mean, two tours with Rush. Dude, I mean, come we, on. we did one uh, Rush tour, and then we didn't know what we were going to do the next time. And Getty and Alex were like. Oh, you got to come back out. We're going to write us. We're going to do an album. We did, we did the Presto tour, and then we're going to do an album, Roll the Bones. We're writing, that's going to... Roll the Bones in. Neil, what's it called? I think it's going to be called Roll the Bones. Okay, and then... <laughs> and we're going to get Mr. Big and Eric Johnson and a couple other Primus and do it, but we're going to have the lion's share, or, you know, with uh, yeah. Mr. Big. It was unbelievable. That's huge. Brian yeah. Adams... Oh, we had great. Great. You guys toured with Brian Adams? Yeah. yeah. Underrated guy in the history of rock and roll. What a great. I mean, how many great songs does Brian Adams have? People don't talk First about him. Underrated. Who t- people don't I mean, talk I mean, about Do they talk about it now? Because they talked about it a lot back in but the day. But they should be talking about him the same way they oh, talk good. about like a Springsteen or something As, on the right. side. For me. Easy. I agree. Right? I, agree I totally agree. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I love okay. In this yeah. day and age, underrated. I feel you. Yeah. Brian Adams is a brilliant. Brian Adams and his affiliation with that writer, Jim Valance. Mm-hmm. Those two, I mean, man, he is a Great, effortless right. when he sings too. He's got that gravel thing, but he effortless so when he plays live. So, so, so much great songwriting. Oh. Yeah, come on, man, come on. The band too. So you toured with all these guys, but you're not really getting any respect from your own record company because we're, we're not, talking about well, we were, the lower rungs of the label. We're all our friends. The, the soldiers, the soldiers of the label, were great. At the upper echelon. And so when when well they just didn't get it they didn't when know when you came out it started to move up the charts uh, due to the efforts of our manager Herbie and his connection with a FM radio guy named Jeff McCluskey who ran FM radio around the country he was you know help, was working on it too he believed in the band also uh, they f- actually fought us so a radio station would get uh, a choice of two songs uh, from Atlantic Records so we can't play two Atlantic Records songs we got to pick one or the other. We'll do one CBS song, one Atlantic Records song, one Warner Brothers song, one Epic. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so Phil Collins and Mr. Big would show up, and they <laughs> dropped Phil Collins and put Mr. Big on. Oh. And the label was I, I was livid. Don't oh, dare you! What we, we had a Phil Collins song we're trying to break. What are you, Mr. Big? What the? You know. So we thought, what the? Unbelievable. So they they fought it and fought it and fought it. It was like top forty, top thirty, top twenty. 
breaking in a little bit more. Suddenly it's on like uh, number three. Yeah. We're up against Prince and Michael Jackson for the number one spot. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Because this is not just rock radio. This is no. Billboard. Yeah, this is Billboard. This is the, the this pop is charts. Yeah. This is it. Bang, yeah. we got it. Wow. And you know, then we, uh, yeah, we, we had like this. But, you know, like unbeknownst to us, it was... I mean, like we we're a rock band. We don't read we Billboard magazine. Yeah. I mean, like we never, you know, nobody got a subscription to Billboard magazine. <laughs> and, and but I mean, all we got our information from the video for "To Be With You" on MTV. MTV. We didn't know Shoot, anything no. about hits of the world or who, you know, where what, and we didn't know that like in other countries, like. 15 other countries. 15 countries are, number one, right? Yeah. yeah. Number one. And, and it's climbing up the charts everywhere else, you know? I mean, it was like unbelievable to us. It was yeah, overwhelming. It was, it was pretty amazing. And then when it finally got to number one, Atlantic Records said, oh, we, we knew all of ours. We, we were behind this record. Always the case, right? The band. Yeah, always yeah. the case. I know. And, and I, wanna, I don't want to... Um, I'm sure they did the work, but they really didn't believe in us for a long long time but you know it's ironic and it's predictable every album after that it was like we put it out and we did our best i mean we write great songs and but you know we write for ourselves but i mean we write for the fans too and i, I wasn't trying to write not, the next to be with you yeah of course you know, I didn't, I, you know like, to be with you i wrote when i was 16 years old and then when I got it with Mr. Big, Hold on a second. You wrote that when you were 16 yeah, years old? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I mean, the majority of it. And, and then when I got in the band, you know, we kind of perfected it a little bit. But, like, it was simple. It was Beatles. It was like a dessert at the end of an album. It was, like, not a big deal. The 11th track. Roll the, roll the credits. Yeah. Album's over. Everybody yeah, yeah. sing along. That's always, like, the throwaway track on the album. That's the track 10. <laughs> I mean, like, track 11. But we all knew. I mean, like, when I played it. I, you know, um, when I was loved when it. I first started in the band, I lived in the Bay Area. I'm the only guy that lived in San Francisco, and everybody else lived in L.A. Now, you know, you know Billy's, you know, can I, Billy lives at two, 21, 12, 12, no, 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 21, 12, <laughs> Nashville's court, no. He lives in Nashville, Paul lives in Portland. Uh, Come on know, now. Talking about yeah. now, yeah. but back in the day, they all lived in L.A., and I always had to drive up. Or down, what is it? Down, it down, down. Yeah, LA all the time. Anyway, it's, it's interesting though them. because it's the same style as like I know you guys just did a tour with Extreme, which yeah. is a perfect kind of almost well, sister band to Mr. Big in yeah. the same situation with Similar. more than words. Yeah. Where I know like there was a lot of people like when I at that time frame I was a well, still am a huge rock and roll fan, knew Mr. Big, and yeah. there was a lot of girls like, and other people, like a historian kind of yes. rockologist, yeah, yeah, who were like, oh, to be with you, are they like a are they a pop band? I was like, no, they're a rock and roll. band. Man, they'll blow your fucking mind dude like really and then they would go looking for like other songs but it would be just like all these crazy amazing tunes and it was the same with extreme like yeah. more than words came out but it was it was part of your catalog but like you said it wasn't what you were all about that's what i'm saying there was a time let me get you the thing now that i remember it he's got, he's my, got a, his vignette whiskey, back my whiskey <laughs> haze popped vignette. out but me and paul you know we well I, I stayed i lived with paul when i was in the bay uh in la hanging with a band and i remember you know like Hot when orange I wrote juice. the song, I played Paul this To Be With You song, and he goes, hey, that sounds like the Beatles. That's pretty cool. Played he loves both. the Beatles. He, he does. Loves Played for Beatles. Billy, and he goes, And I do a Paul Good. McCartney bass line at the end of the second <laughs> verse. Exactly. Mm. And Paul goes, uh, Billy goes, that's a hit. And I go, and, we, like, and then we went, what the?
was a hit. <laughs> like, we didn't know what it was. Will they play it on KNAC? Yeah, yeah. Right. That's exactly what it was. And, There's no hits on KNAC. <laughs> and, and Kevin Elson, you know, who did all the Journey stuff, too, he was like, yeah, man, that's a sleeper hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but wow. we're gonna stick it on the end of the record anyway. That's my point. But the um, the whole thing with like extreme too. You know, we we just toured with him in Australia. That's a great bill. And and Pat Badger was telling me the same thing that it's like it's a fluke. Mm. We just we put out we we put the song to be with you out. It wasn't like hey let's get like uh, some no guy idea. in the Brill building and never go, do give no, me right. a bouncy yeah, yeah. C. Yeah. Give me a C a bouncy C <laughs> yeah. and whatever the hell else you got exactly. Um, yeah. So, so same thing with uh, more than words. It was just a song. Yeah, and then one of many in the catalog, and it's the yeah. one that struck. Yeah, that's um, story, sad but true. Here's 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 a story. You want a story? Uh, Fourteen years old, I started playing bass guitar. And uh, we mentioned Circus Magazine. In the back of the of the of the magazine, there was an ad for Billy Sheehan's Bass Method, uh, and you could buy a cassette that had a picture of you drawn on it, and with somebody else doing it. <laughs> I got, it wasn't I got, you. It was not me. Did, did you even get any royalties no, from no, anything? No, no, no. Wow. That used to happen a lot. Because there was a song from Talos called Sink Your Teeth Into That, and it starts, I'm not sure, I think, I think it's Sink Your Teeth. Ding, 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 ding. Boom, boom, boom. Those are the harmonics. Boom, I, I boom. I'm a fan. Okay, I practiced <laughs> for weeks. Boom, 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 boom. I do. I totally bought the Billy Shane bass method, and you're telling me that wasn't even you. No, no, but, but, but it's okay. I mean, somebody that heard me uh, knew enough to put down the, the, so the my shtick. Oh, I, I bought know. that. I bought that. But I remember that was back in the day. Where you do? How do you shut down a book letter? You, you do, yeah. You, you got to call him and uh, see if he'll maybe <laughs> stop. So we didn't even know what my, to do. My childhood. And uh, I was I was kind of glad that hey, I'm in Circus Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> this is some some kid in really some kid in Winnipeg, Manitoba bought <laughs> bought that cassette and learned how to play that song. Is that where you're from? Yeah, I'm from Winnipeg. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Northerner just like you. So did you know Max Webster? I didn't know them, but I knew of them, obviously. Okay. And, and and I was uh Max Webster was done by the time that I kind of started getting into rock and roll, but Kim Mitchell was Kim, huge. A Kimbo logo. Kimbo logo. One That's of the greatest the album. records Absolute, ever made. Very, very cool. You get it. And Kim never had any steam in the States really at all, no. except for get us uh, might as well go for soda. But patio lanterns and lager and ale and wow, we almost had kids in action. We almost did a smile record. That. Really? Yes. That's the Max Webster. Look at the track sheet. We we almost did that song. We almost did it too. He brought it over to there. Yeah. Let's talk about the Inman Smile days. Uh, oh. One of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. This You're is not this guy. is not to be a, 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 a smear session. Like honestly, like when that band came out, because we were all big Van Halen fans Huge. at the time, yeah, was, and when they split. I was like on Team Roth because I was a Roth guy. Like I love Daddy too. D Dave made a, a funny uh, comment one time. Uh, I guess there was some movie where uh, some guys barris barricaded themselves on an FM station, and the cops showed up, and they were like a big confrontation. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's called comedy. Airheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, uh, and they yelled out to the cops to see, you know, I'm not a cop. I'm not a cop. Okay, all right. When Van Halen broke up, whose side were you on? <laughs> 
No, Sammy Hagar's cop. <laughs> a million things like that. But but at the time, that was the big gig to get. Like Dave Lee Roth solo was a huge deal because he was hot off of the uh, California Girls and yeah. the Crazy from the Heat. And, so and the 1984 record, which is the absolutely. So one, so do, you, do you mind? If, yeah, do you mind if I field this question, please? It's, it's the Chris and Eric show. Um, <laughs> so did they audition like Mr. Big? I mean, did they audition? Artists to did, play did Roth, no. David Lee Roth. No, I got called. I got the call from Dave, and right off the bat, there was yeah. no audition. No, because there was a rumor going around that you were actually uh, talked about about being in Van Halen at a certain point. Is that true? That is true. Wow. Actually, there's two people at this table that that's true about. <laughs> we still love you, Mikey. <laughs> that's oh, yeah, right. True. Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, in retrospect, uh, now that all is uh, come and gone and everything like that, I think they thought. Uh, speculation mm -hmm. totally uh, here's this kid from Podunk Buffalo New York we could pay him 1500 bucks a week no publishing no merch no nothing <laughs> and he'll feel like he died and went to heaven 1500 bucks a week and now because Michael was getting can I get 20, that now <laughs> he, Michael was getting 25% of everything yeah, yeah yeah but Michael is an awesome player yes incredible singer I got bootlegs in the early days he's killing he's yeah. amazing so I, I was torn all week because I love Van Halen I'm like Ed Mike Dave, mm -hmm. Al, well, that's what I want. Like John, Paul, George, Ringo. Right, 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 right. But I was also very, you know, flattered and grateful that they considered me. But the underneath the that is all, well, they probably could have gotten me pretty cheap. <laughs> well, of course, to be in Van Halen, I'm sure. I would have done it. So Roth calls you directly and says, Billy, I'm putting together a solo band. I want you in it. He said, Billy, I'm doing a movie. I want you to be in the movie. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, this is a first for me. You got to check this out. You got to get yeah, so, right into it. So there it. was a movie, and he the, did it as a cover story so that if anybody got approached, no one would say anything about oh. that. So when I got to actually go to Dave's house, my first day of the Ingve Talis tour in L.A., they came and picked me up and went out to Dave's house, and he said, yeah, there's a movie, but we're going to do a band. I want to put a band together, you and me. We'll find a guitar player. We'll find a drummer, and let's do it. And I said, because I always said to everybody, my band Talos was very near and dear to me. I'm never leaving Talos unless it's Van Halen. So Dave said, you want to be with me? And I said, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, boys. Tyler <laughs> so, so window. I'll take a window seat. Thank you. All the way to Los Angeles. So all that, um, those videos that he was doing, you know, with the... California did, Girls? Yeah. Well, that, that was before that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but like you did say something about like some of those videos that he was doing. That was kind of for... The movie, right? Like the no, advertising. No, that was his. Because he, he wrote EP. he wrote a script for yeah. the movie. There actually is a script other called Crazy from the Heat. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that I was got an original was copy. There you go. I gotta go on eBay and see what it's worth. So so yeah. yeah right. So how was like how did you, you can how, sell it to our tour manager? <laughs> how was it for you, Billy? Uh, first meeting Steve I and starting to play with him. Like, were you guys in a rehearsal space and like, okay, here we go? Or I ran into Steve. Uh, he was on Relativity Records, which right? Alice was on, and they were trying to hook me and Steve up together. So I spoke to him once time about possibly doing a you know some thing together mm. so i was out in la and steve lived in la and he was out at the rainbow bar and grill and i ran and we're talking hanging out i go steve there's a now i'm out there with david laroth i can't tell anybody right yeah, yeah. the whole talus ingvay tour i'd already joined with dave and i couldn't say a word so i said you know it was a weird situation so i got uh, i got done with that tour went back to la and i'm saying i said to steve eh, there's a 
there's a situation there. You might be interested in it. He goes, I think I know what it is. I, go, I think you might know what it is, too. <laughs> yeah. So sure enough, uh, Ted Templeman, who's going to be the producer, also knew of Steve. So Ted and I spoke, and I said, Steve is uh, just great. Plus, he's got a sense of humor. Mm. You know, that's Frank Zappa joking. And you needed that to play with Roth, because yeah. that's Roth's thing, too. Yeah, you got some serious guy yeah, playing yeah, as, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, the Paganini etudes. That's not going to quite work. <laughs> He needs, a, he, needs, he needs some Zappa yeah, ass yeah, sure, jokes. Yeah, so. some wackiness. And so sure enough, uh, we you uh, were a clever Steve guy. The you original guy was uh, Steve Stevens that Dave wanted. Wow. But Steve was busy with Billy Idols, and, and I said to Dave, I know another Steve ah. you might be interested in. And then he gave Steve and I the quest. He goes, boys, go out and find me a drummer. And we went out. We, we hired like a... Uh, we put an ad in the Music Connection magazine, and we had about 40 people showed up at our studios. And some people kind of figured out that we, what it was for. Some people didn't. It was still pretty under under the radar. And uh, sure enough, uh, as soon as Greg Bissonette walked in, we knew he was the guy. Mm -hmm. We instantly knew. Just the moment we set eyes on him. Steve looked at me. I looked at him. That's him. He didn't even hear him play. We just mm -hmm. knew it was him. And he sat down. It was just a ball of enthusiasm. Every other drummer came in and said, well, this isn't my kid. And if I had my snare, you know, the symbol isn't supposed to. You know, when traffic here was really, get out of here. We instantly out. Greg, Greg came in and said, he goes, what do you want? <laughs> Give us some of this. Okay, here you go. <laughs> he was the man. That's what he had told me. You had told me this before, but that you said like there were so many people coming in that if anybody complained about anything, yeah, you would know. show them the door. So there's a complaint, yeah. you're, you're gone. Like the traffic was bad. See you later. Yeah. Now, is it true? I think you might have told me this too, that, that one of the people that you really dug was was a was a girl. Roxy Petrucci. Roxy Petrucci from uh, Vixen. Vixen. Yeah. And Madam X. Yeah. Oh, so, so what happened with that? Well, she uh, was a dear friend at the time because she was uh, close friends with a woman named Karen Valdez who was the Van Halen secretary. When Dave left, every all the personnel went with Dave. Mm -hmm. A lot mm -hmm. of people don't, that, don't know that, but when oh, wow. crew, uh, really? uh, secretaries, office people, everybody went with Dave. Uh, so Karen was the was the number one uh, like yeah. go to girl. She was friends with them, so we we hung out a bit. And uh, it was funny when we got back to uh, rehearsal. We said, "Dave, one of the one of the people we tried out was a was a girl, Roxy." And I saw him in his eyes. He's thinking, "I know how to screw Alex Van Halen so badly. <laughs> I got a girl that can play better than." <laughs> but he said, "I better you know." So he, he backed out of it. But, <laughs> yeah. but Roxy is awesome. Yeah, She's yeah. A, yeah. Great player and a wonderful girl. I just saw her. We did a festival. And so, what was the songwriting process for that record? Like, were you, did Dave have ideas? Did you bring him the ideas? We go into Dave's basement, uh, we hang out, uh, start playing some stuff. He come running down the stairs. Ah, that sounds like a verse. Now think of a chorus. We go, okay, that's a chorus. Now come over the bridge. Back up again, and uh, he'd be uh, he'd be smoking some pretty serious spliffage there. And uh, <laughs> but he was enjoying himself. And then we, at the end of the day, we had a garage full of beer left over from the US Festival. <laughs> which had about four or five years earlier. It was like 83. Yeah. You're like 85, exactly. 86. Yeah, so it was all skunk because <laughs> it was in the garage, the unair-conditioned garage in Pasadena. And so, But we would sit around in a circle drinking a skunk beer, Steve <laughs> telling Frank Zappa stories, Greg telling his stories, me telling my stories, and Dave, so we had a riot. <laughs> that was the coolest thing about eating a smile. We really hung together. It was mm. fantastic. So and then the next day, would repeat and, mm. and end with more skunk beer. It was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> Such a great tour because I remember uh, February of 87, Winnipeg, uh, David Lee Roth band. I saw the Edema Smile tour and I was actually able uh, to buy a bootleg of it in a record store the next week. Some guy would, you know, he's sneaking a tape recorder. What's no, that? 87. It was 87. 88, I think but the tour was February of 87 was. Exactly. when we got to see it. And I, city in the Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah. Because I knew it with Calgary, Edmonton. So Calgary and Edmonton are further west. Winnipeg yeah. is right above North Dakota. 
Exactly. It's the middle of freaking nowhere. We all, when we did get to uh, Calgary and Edmonton, <laughs> mm-hmm. all hell broke loose. What happened? Well, because we know in Canada, there is a mm, kind of a tradition of the uh, Here we go. dancing girls Here we in go. a club. Oh, um, I think they call them peelers in Canada. <laughs> they do call them peelers. <laughs> and that's how I learned that word was from an actual peeler. But we, uh, we it, it was Chris. an incredible... I'm, I'm, I'm forever oh, grateful for Calgary Edmonton. But we're laughing because our home and native land. I went to Airs in Tokyo, a famous place that we oh, all yeah. know. And uh, a couple of years ago, I was able to buy uh, Eat 'em and Smile uh, bootleg. Airs is a place that used to sell bootlegs. But the caveat was if any band members went there, they would give you free stuff. Oh, dude. We walked out of those boxes. Yeah, boxes. So that would be well, what would be her name was Junko. King Crimson. Her name was Junko. That's how yeah, she would keep it alive. Crazy. Unfortunately, that place closed now because of YouTube, right? Yeah. yeah. But I bought the Eat and Smile, the, and I remember we were watching those it. dirty apes. <laughs> <laughs> and we were saying that the, 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 the rule of the David Lee Roth band during that time frame was always be fucked. And the reason why I say that is all the time, always be fucking on stage. Because here's what you guys are doing the whole time. You guys are gyrating. <laughs> like, you're making, like, motions. Like, everybody's rocking. Oh, that was just rocking. left over. That was just an after effect from the night before. <laughs> Yeah, it's we, like we, everybody's Greg Bassetti drum solo. He's he's humping the drum solo, oh. dude. It was it, that must have been the funnest tour for you guys. It was amazing, but uh, you I know gotta, what Chris is trying to get. Let me let me you to say say again. He wants, he, wants, he wants to hear all about we we right. Oh, we no, no, no 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 there there was whatever uh, Billy wants to talk one about. One underlying principle, and I'm not saying this just to cover my ass or bullshit and PR, but we always. It was all with respect. Was of all course consenting. it was. Yeah. No, but it was fun. No, that's the point. Fun. It was fun. And right. What I'm saying, like the gyrations made it so much fun. Like Sorry, I always yeah. say that the David Lee Roth band was the, was the best, most technical party band of all time. Because yeah. <laughs> it's a party, but then you guys did a solo. I remember you guys were both on your stomachs playing your guitar and bass yeah. respectively like, like a piano, laying down on the yeah. floor, dude. Yeah, I've seen the show, bro. Sorry, man. <laughs> but I was 16. <laughs> I, know. I was 16. No, but we, uh, you know, especially in this day and age where, uh, you know, we're, we're concerned about women being. Of course. Uh, no, no. But this was. But this was, was just, everyone was the, a willing part. The girls were in on it. Yeah. And they were great. And some of them are to this day. I'm a married man now. I love yeah. my wife. And uh, there's no going back. And she's. Look, look, look. look. She's heard all the stories. She's heard all and the he, stories. He, you know, exactly. the, the, I've known this man for like 30 years. He's a charmer. You know, I'm a serial husband. I've been married like a million times. <laughs> not, not a million times, but like, like I guess, you know, serial husband. I always had a girlfriend blah, 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 and always loved my women. But like somehow... I was off vicariously the my. That's the I lived through this hedonistic, but, but like, a, but he was a charmer. We, he was like, he was like a Lord respect. Byron of rock and roll. Of course, but you guys were headlining arenas at this time. Like Dave came to town, and it, there was a buzz about this band, and it was exciting. Yeah, the, the buses would park at a hotel, and all the locals would see the buses. And you just seen the hotel bar that <laughs> night. It was out of control. So, <laughs> it, it, was he with David? Uh, was it was he always like super flamboyant too? Like like all, costumes no. every day? And no, all, no, like, no, no. He was actually, um, you know, pretty uh, laid back and uh, you know uh, in the background and would let things come to him. He wasn't like, uh, you know, there was on stage is one thing, but off stage, uh, you know, is he, he was, is, what, what kind of person was he? A businessman? Was, was he a shy he's guy? A very too? intelligent guy. Yeah, and, a shy, uh, and he, he is a grandmaster, uh, PhD in show business one hundred and one. Oh, great call. He knows he's, how he's, to what a quote work was he did he, i mean he, 
when that spotlight was on, he was always on. <laughs> oh, but, man, but, he was. but was he, did he have like a, a quiet, introverted side well, too, yeah. you know? Yeah, we sit down and do a little philosophical talk here and there, you know. <laughs> but I just thought it was telling that recently, uh, as a little aside project, he became uh, an EMT. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know he did, and I, I know him pretty well, and I know he did it just for the adventure. He of course. You know, he didn't really even That's want anybody wrong. to know about it. Right, yeah, yeah. Just, well, let me get an ambulance and go pull up on a shooting victim, and can I be the guy <laughs> that, that, you know, yeah. save this guy's so, life? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was always uh, an adventurer uh, above and beyond what you what you might expect it from anyone he would go in the jungles of uh, indonesia and uh with you know w- with a couple of guides and they'd be lost and the, the, yeah might maybe not make it back exactly uh, that that danger that w- it was serious real danger there the, there's another of, there's another great story uh and, and uh, as we wind down on the roth stuff but you told me a story i actually met you in clearwater Florida, and you were doing uh, John Petrucci's G3 when it first yeah, started yeah, yeah. with Portnoy, and he introduced right. me to you, and you were very great as you are now, and you told another story about something to do with the Roth tour shirts. With <laughs> <laughs> This is a good one. Can you tell that story? Well, he had a, a shirt with uh, myself, uh, Steve, Dave, and then Greg. Yeah, so, in so, that order. So, so, so Billy and Greg are the nipples. Cut the uh, cut the sleeves off, so I ended up being cut out of the picture. <laughs> yeah, it was just Steve and Dave. So I told the wardrobe girl, save all the photos, save all the save scraps. All the so sure enough, I went when a tour was done a few years later. I had a jacket made up with all my face <laughs> and that cloth all over it. So I, that was my revenge. Classic. All true. There's another very true story that just happened recently, which drives me crazy uh, when the possible David Lee Roth, Edom and Smile Band reunion oh, was all set to happen. Can you tell us about I that? I was on stage at the Lucky Strike. Uh, Bowling Alley in Hollywood, yeah. And uh, Dave was right off the side of the Did stage. you know he was supposed to be there? Well, initially we thought uh, it was me and Greg, Bis- Greg Bissonnette. We said, uh, hey, we're going to do the Lucky Strike Jam. Well, maybe go up and do like, some Eat Him and Smile stuff. Great, great. Hey, is Steve in town? Yeah, I'll give him a call. Hey, Steve, uh, Steve's in. It's great. He's going to come down. Great. Maybe we should get the guy from uh, Steel, Panther. Steel Panther to come on and get Ralph. Ralph yeah. Come down. Great. It'd be cool. Cool. And, go, and uh, so should we call Dave? I go, well, put a call into him. See, I don't know if he's going to be interested in that. So like three or four days before the thing, he calls. He goes, hey, I want to do it. I'll come in. I'll, I'll sing. And the Lucky Strike Jam is the thing where you just go up and play. Mm-hmm. There's no sound check. There's it's like no an all star jam with yeah, you. Just go no, out, plug yeah. in, go. You, you hadn't seen Dave in, in a while. Yeah, no, easily. Or performed with this guy a long time, right? Easily 10 or 12 years. I haven't seen wow. him. So, sure enough, he, he, uh, so we, we, so he got together with Steve, went over the song, make sure we knew what the, what the what song were you going to do. We're going to do Shy Boy and uh, Yankee Rose. Oh, killer. So great. Oh, and so, uh, so we showed up and. Uh, I, I put out, I, I posted some stuff about the Lucky Strike Jam. And I had like all these old photos of Lucky Strike, the cigarette. You know, you got to be there. Make sure you get there. Right. I was telling my friends, don't ask me why, but you better be there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, but didn't Grab something to else. eat and smile. Yeah, be I there. Didn't, I, didn't even, I didn't even allude to it. Right, and right. sure enough, the club made the mistake of just letting everybody in. The word was out. Uh, the club legally held about 500 people. They let the fire department let them get away with seven. They had about 1,200 people. In there. So now, in a way, it was righteous for the fire department to shut it down because it would have been a problem. 
Sure, would have been, of course, uh, like of the, course. Uh, uh, great white. Great white uh, yeah, in yeah. Rhode Island. You know, yeah. It was horrible. So sure enough, we're on stage, and Dave was off with the mic, ready to go. Curtains closed. The whole place is going out of their minds. Now everybody figured out what it, what it was. We had a line outside as we were on yeah. stage. Down Vine Street, curved down Hollywood Boulevard, down to who knows what. And uh, there was a bookcase on the side of the stage you could kind of see through. And I saw flashlights and helmets and axes. Oh. Like the fire department, full regalia, came roaring through. Shut it down. Too many people in here. Stop oh. it. So we said, uh, can we pay the fine? No. <laughs> okay. So, you know, we thought, let me start playing. People play some some song. Start playing, you know, do 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 dad. Yankee Rose, maybe the people, you know, the yeah, fire department yeah, yeah. will, well, there's the fire department. One of the guys look at me. Make one noise and you're going to jail. I <laughs> nice up. Yes, sir. Sir. Listen, if you were 25, maybe. But now, like going to jail for rock and roll, no way. ain't going to happen. So they shut the whole place down. And uh, But the great thing was me, Steve, Greg, Brett, and Dave went backstage and hung out. Mm-hmm. We had a riot. We talked about the old days. At the time, Dave said he was into it. He'd like to do something, but we haven't heard from him since. Well, he, if he nothing, ever does want to, we're we're ready to. There's go. nothing going on with Van Halen now. It'd be the perfect time to do yeah, something. It would be great. Like We'd I would, people would go nuts for that. I would pay so. for that. Man. I mean, dude, what that is so so cool. Like, like I said, still. Or, I mean, I would get him free for that. Well, That's I, what I meant to say. Eric, I, I can, I, your, can I be your plus one? I got you, you yeah. a full access pass, my brother. <laughs> oh, man. That but, dude, I mean, like I said, like, uh, yeah, like, the, I, the, the, the fire marshal disrupted rock and roll history. But um, uh, but such a great band. And, and, and one last thing about the Roth band. We were talking about this the other day. We did a podcast uh, uh, talking about Dio, about Dio's band, the original Jimmy Bain, Vivian Campbell, uh, uh, Vinny Apice, and Dio. And then how we said, who, not blew it, but who made the worst mistake by disbanding the lineup that took them to the arena is Ronnie James Dio or oh, David Lee Roth interesting. you know what I mean because yep. both it wasn't Dave or Ronnie it was the band yeah. it was the four of you guys exactly. that made it and as soon as you were gone I remember when, when the Just Like Paradise video came out but who's there's no Billy Sheen in this yeah. and already I'm, I'm done it was Greg's brother it, yeah, was, it, was. it was Matt great but, player but, but, but like great no player Matt because this always happens yeah this always happens I'm caught like, in the, we, we, we a rock Matt, and hard place but like yeah no, no, no. there's no Billy Sheen it's it's the chemistry and even Matt, I'm how much do you think Matt felt it it's too. the chemistry oh, guy. on stage and Matt know? is a saint yeah what a wonderful guy what a great yeah. guy. great player he's with Elton John now dude he's no played with ELO everybody yeah awesome no we're not disputing that we're just saying the, the original chemistry yeah. of the four guys exactly. in your band and, and and dio's band when one guy left and dio was vivian and dave it was you it changed the whole thing yeah. was that was that a financial thing uh and i don't want leaving? you yeah no it was just um the skyscraper was a whole different world mm-hmm. it was click track everybody recorded alone in the studio to the tape but you did, you know, do you mind me fielding this question? I did yes. record the whole Thank record. You so much. You've only known I mean, him for 30 years. I have. <laughs> uh, you did write Elephant Gun, right? No, that was... He not, wrote Shy Boy. He but wrote no, Shy no, Boy. But like when you did the Skyscraper album, that was your last thing. That was your last hurrah, right? Well, I contributed to some of those songs, okay. but, uh, you know, it was... Uh, but it was, you know, Dave was smart, and he had an idea... If we do skyscraper, that's kind of like kind of a dance thing, mm-hmm. and we catch that wave of that dance music, which is coming on strong. He saw mm-hmm. it, and sure enough, we it was eighty-eight. We live yeah. in its shadow now. 
If he would have caught that wave, everybody looked at him as a genius of all That's time. That's true. Unfortunately, that wave didn't quite crest as it was getting <laughs> towards the beach, and the the surfboard flipped over the top. And it <laughs> did not make it. To, but 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 I I give him credit for having the balls and courage to say, you know, I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try. But that was Dave. Yeah, he always tried to push things. Chances. I don't think Dave ever saw him as saw himself as a, as a metal guy, a rock guy. He's a, no. he's a show. He's a showman. Sinatra. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's a he's a. Uh, he's the MC at a three rings. Yeah, three room circus. Exactly. He's, the, he's the he's the circus master. We, we have to wind down, but I want to ask one last question about uh, Pat Torpy. You're on the tour now with with Matt. Pat passed away. Obviously, your brother for 25, 30 years. Thirty years. Thirty years. I mean, uh, it, it, obviously tough to play without him. Very. Um, Surreal, actually. Talk about yeah. it a bit. Yeah. Well, when we um, you know we had a, a lot of these shows booked already. We had Australia, China, Taiwan, Thailand, and Hong Kong, and this European thing. This, you know, like these things are planned years in advance. And when Pat, you know, died, we were like, "Did he have Parkinson's?" He had Parkinson's for like about so because he was he was playing with you on certain songs that he could play on, and then Matt would kind of fill in for the rest, right? He could just sing. So he would just sing. Gotcha. But but when when he first got Parkinson's, check check this shit out. Now this is heavy. So when he first got Parkinson's, he was shaking. You know, his right hand was shaking, left hand, and he'd be on stage and we'd go like whole lot of shaking going on, and we'd all like wince, and he'd like what? He's owning it. Relax, guys. We're cool. So he'd be up there doing his thing, and we, uh, you know, we, we, we supported him big time. We, we were going to quit. We were going to quit. If he didn't want to tour with us, you know, because of, like, you know, I just... I, I get it. I, I just yeah. feel... Uh, yeah. Because, because it's a mental... No, it's a physical, but it's a super mental thing, too, too. I mean, he was, like, so depressed, and... Like, and but we pushed him and pushed him to, like, you know, Pat, we're here for you, man, and we're... We'll go on the road if you want, but you know, like I think it'd be great if we all did this, you know, as like a as a brotherhood, and and like it kind of motivated him a lot. I, I motivated him. It might have kept him going too. Kept exactly. him going, right? If so, I may interject for no, one second, I was just going to say this. That, that sorry, sorry, because I'm. Like, oh, cool. Do I, you think? I, now I'm just I, I'm like fur clamped, as they say, because <laughs> man, when um, I heard. When we all went, you know, me and Billy are the ones that heard first, you know, from yeah. our manager. And then we talked to Paul. We couldn't, he was in Japan, I think. And it was like super difficult when we found out that he passed away. But um, when Pat had the Parkinson's a while ago, like four, five years ago prior to this, uh, we were doing our um, Stories We Could Tell album. It was like the second one from What If from uh, when we got back together and he had this like shaking and he was like he was, he was uncontrollable and and uh, we, we suggested that he do like this Rick Allen thing where we you know we, we could build a kit for him like do mm-hmm. like you know he could play snare drum with his foot left mm-hmm. you know whatever whatever he can do yeah whatever like um, Rick Allen Rick Allen yeah. does and Pat was like no I can't do that and he he we rehearse at a studio called Mates that actually Pat owns with this guy, awesome guy, Bobby Bruner. Bruner. Bobby, yeah, great. Um, that, that like all the bands uh, work at. So 
Pat relearn how to play drums in a different way. Like, mm. Instead of left, left foot, hand, instead of his right, right foot. Yeah. He could use whatever limbs he had available, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. Who the fuck does but that's, that? And the fact that you he know? still wanted to do it, man, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty Who cool. Who does that? What so, were you going to say, Billy? And that's, that's why I want to interject when Eric was speaking, because we uh, we're caught... In a, in a funny place because we wanted to give them you need a reason to get up and be alive yeah. you need a reason yeah, to get yeah, up yeah, every day yeah. and sometimes you gotta push yourself so when he's on tour he's gotta get up he's gotta get off the bus yeah. he's gotta get on stage he's gotta sing there's no backing down you, right. the show must go on yep, yep. And, uh, and in a way that was really good for him because it kind of forced the issue sure. Pat I know you're in rough shape you're shaky you're, you know you don't feel right whatever but come on you gotta do the show and that was but after a tour and a half or two tours of that it wasn't working anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. so at the end he was kind of and i remember i would watch him like a hawk going upstairs up to the stage and every and i would while i'm playing i'm always turning around looking over to make sure he, you okay you yeah, all right yeah, yeah. because uh and then eventually it was just became too much of a burden for him physically to be up there because Parkinson's just wears you sure out. Sure it, 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 it wears it, it, you sure it out. Does. It's Energy just like, it, it eats you eats away. But like, uh, just gotta let your you know your fans know out there that we um, we had this percussion kit on the side, right? Of Matt Starr, our, yep. our guy's been playing with us for a while, and um, and kind of carrying the heavy heavy load for Pat. But, but Pat had this percussion kit. But I swear to God, I mean, we have this song, you know, Green to the Sixties Mine. Colorado Bulldog. There's another one that's like, where the f is the one for me? You know, like, because you don't have him timing. And Pat Torpy, you know, Matt is like busy doing other things, and sometimes he forgets. But Pat would that, be there. Yeah. Pat is the he he knows the timing of the tunes. He yeah. he he used to call all these when he'd play. He'd have like all these like detailed cool stuff that he would do, and he would call them ghost notes, right? And those ghost notes, you like, miss them. Resonated, man. Yeah. Oh man, I miss yeah, them. And, yeah. and when so when we uh, we were on stage, I'm like we so we our last couple shows, I think we we played Milan, Italy. We did a live album there, and then like a couple weeks later, while we're on tour, we're our last gig i can't remember where it was but november 24th on thanksgiving we came home um you know all of us i mean me and paul very close to to pat very close i mean i i, I love pat like he was a sure, brother of course he was like a, the glue and the anchor yeah. for our band but uh billy sheehan and pat Staunch of publicans and staunch, <laughs> and, staunch, and staunch lovers of rock and roll. I mean, like these two guys. When we got together, when we we rehearsed bass one, and drums once in a freaking while. It's all about bass and drums. Yeah, their shops. They knew everything. Every Zeppelin. Every Kiss tune. Every 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 song. They were so tight. They were the rhythm section, you know, and they were. They were, they were brothers like no other, you know? Um, we grew up similarly. Uh, you know, Pat, uh, his folks split up when he was young. He had a stepfather. Same with me. We both went to Catholic schools, went through that trauma together. <laughs> yep. And uh, we went and played in bar bands forever. We had pretty much the same set list. 
he was in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I was back in Buffalo, New York. Same thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was just uh, he's my of... closest friend oh, yeah. I've ever had in music. Mm. I mean, we, we uh, Pat and I would uh, sit down together and would pick up where we left off. If I hadn't seen him in six months. Yeah. And uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, he's a good man. Oh. He was an incredible uh, husband to his oh, wife. Amazing father to his son. He paid his bills. He, he, he you know, he just, he was he a righteous right yeah. human a being. Yeah, he was never a drug guy at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. And once in a while we could force a beard, force a beer on him. <laughs> but even that, he would get a, heartburn after like that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I go, that, come on, knock some beers back in here. <laughs> heartburn. So will, will you guys continue in honor of Pat? Is that why? Is We're going to talk for, about it. We're yeah. going to talk about it and see what's shaking for Because these year. dates were already booked before yeah. Pat passed away, right? Yeah. Right. Well, I hope you do, man, because you guys are a great rock and roll. You really are. I mean, we've done a lot of stuff. We've done many, many Dude, 30 tours. years, man. Yeah, Fozzie, man. We, we've done years. a lot of stuff. Well, on the record, I, you know, I, the greatest band I've ever been in is Mr. Bate. Eric Martin is a singer. Paul Gilbert is the guitar player. Matt Torpy was a drummer. Another guy, Matt, is doing a yeah. hell of a job. So, uh, in my mind, as much as I did not want to continue without Pat at all, I will certainly consider uh, in the future a possibility of doing a gig here and there, maybe maybe a short tour, maybe a little thing here and there. But I, I love Eric and Paul and Matt has been a great uh, you know uh, uh, addition to our situation uh, in many ways. So we don't really know what we're going to do. To wait and see. Last good, question for you. Good answer. Very good question. Last Very question. Good, like, what's okay, your favorite? Right, first of all, he just winked at me. What's right your now, favorite going, song to sing? My favorite song? Yeah. Oh, man. That's kind of difficult because I swear to God, I'm like, you're going to laugh at me and your fans are going to laugh at me. But, like, I love singing To Be With You. I, of course. I, I, I know it's, it's Dude, so, that's not so, a, so super weird. You it's know? not but weird. Like, it's the, the most soulful song that we sing. <laughs> That, 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 that we do, do on stage. I mean, it's not just, it's not a formulaic song at all. It's a, it's a, Dude, it's real. It's a you, soulful. You guys had, else? you guys had the, the luxury that 10 million bands wish they had. Like when you played to be with you every time on the street, we've, we've done four shows only, but I made sure I saw this. Okay. Billy's solo. I'm going downstairs to listen to it. Because it's, it's a song for a generation. Great. It is. You know, Beautiful. But, but when it comes to uh, rock and roll and how we all shine and everything, I don't know, man. There's something about Colorado Bulldog. Yeah. It's kick-ass. Because for, for me, it's like my, my part My part is kind of like R&B swing. Mm-hmm. It's high and golden. Brown, you know, it's like brown, really cool. Brown, brown. Rhythmic. But... The, the thing that Billy and Paul oh, do, it's, great. it's like stupid. It's stupid. It's it, it is still stupid to this day where I just go, what the f*** are you doing? <laughs> Billy, what's your favorite song to play with Mr. Big? And what was your favorite song to play with David Lee Roth? Last question. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on, completely honest here. Please. To be with you. Nice. Right, we look out and we see thousands yeah. of smiling faces. We just played China. There wasn't a person in the audience older than 35 years old. That's amazing. Unbelievable. In Japan, in Thailand, in Brazil, in uh, Chile, in Argentina. Alabama. Woo, Alabama. (laughs) Knoxville. Damn it. And what about Roth? Uh, With uh, David Lee Roth, uh, 
that you played. Did you play? Not, Yankee not, Rose was pretty cool. Yeah. That was a breakout uh, thing. You know what my favorite is? What? Elephant Gun. Oh, I love it. When that you game. go off on that solo, yeah, dude. Elephant Gun. We just listen to, like, our bass player is much younger than us, and he's like, well, teach me the ways of the world, old <laughs> Jedi. I said, let me sit down, young kid. Let me play you Eat Him and Smile. <laughs> listen to this album. And, and as a bass player, he's like, oh, my gosh. It's great. He's like, I got to be Billy Sheehan. I got to be Paul Gilbert. So, guys, thank you so much for thank trying to kick so us out of here. Us. What a great uh, conversation, and what a great time playing with thank you guys. Thank you for being on tour with us. You it was so much fun. Great. Oh, thank you. What a thank great you. show. I thank you. It was entertaining. Entertaining and uh, exciting and uh, sounded great, and you sang your ass off. My DNA is a little Roth in there, too. You got to be part of the show. Hey, how are you? Clap Dude. along. <laughs> you jump up on that ego ramp. I'm like right in the front row, man, checking your shit out, man. <laughs> they told, Dude, they told love, me tonight. I they your, said, I love your album. I mean, thanks, like when I heard Dude. Judas, it, it kicked my Thank ass. Thank you. I love the tones Thank of you, man. Your, your music. I'm not just great. like you know, blowing no, smoke dude, up your kilt right this now. This has been great. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I'm very excited. So thank you, guys. And, thank uh, you. Hopefully we get to do it again right soon. On. But right we on. are going to see each other. Tomorrow at the yep. airport. <laughs> it never ends with our sweaty gear. Woo. Lamenting. <laughs> All right, Billy Sheehan's hitting the road with the Winery Dogs, the Who Let the Dogs Out 2019 tour. Of course, it's called that. It starts April 30th in New Hampshire. Follow them on the Twitter at the Winery Dogs. Also featuring Talk is Jericho alumni, uh, member of the Fab Three, Mike Portnoy is in that band, so go check them out. And you still got a chance to book a cabin for the upcoming Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2, setting sail January 20th. 2020 it's nearly sold out getting closer so you got a book now if you want to come on the best vacation ever come hang with all the amazing talent who's going to be on the cruise rick flair doesn't get any bigger than that the nwo scott hall kevin nash x pac jake the snake roberts booker t doing his hall of fame podcast joined by queen charmel MVP doing his one-man show. Brad Williams, hilarious, is the host. Vicky Grail, special cruise director. Uh, it was her birthday last week. Happy birthday, Vicky. Vicky and Eddie's daughter, uh, Shaw Guerrero, is bringing her rock and roll burlesque show on the cruise, the Vaudettes. Jack Slade is going to be there. Uh, we had a great time with the WrestleMania review. Do you want us to do more WWE pay-per-view reviews? Maybe we will. Eric Bischoff, Conrad Thompson doing 83 weeks live from the ship. Fozzie playing a, a trio of shows. Farewell to Fear is going to be uh, rocking. Rubik's Cube, great 80s cover band, the best on the Eastern Seaboard. Killer Queens, the greatest female cover band in the world. Dave Spivak Project is back. Jared James Nichols playing some crazy blues rock. And how about Kick Axe, one of my favorite bands from high school when I was in high school. Um, they're going to be there making their big return to the United States. DDP returns to host more DDP yoga workshops beyond the darkness, uh, hosting more creepy paranormal events. Lineup is awesome. Maybe even bigger and better than last year. It's going to be such a great time. So book now at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Don't miss out. It is going to sell out uh, probably over the next month or two. So book it now. Don't be left behind. Don't be left unsure. Come with us. And come rock with Fozzie doing a four-show mini tour starting May 15th in Greenville, South Carolina at the Firmament. May 16th, Greensboro, North Carolina at the Cone Denim. May 17th, Virginia Beach at the Lunatic Luau. And May 18th at the MMR Barbecue uh, in uh, Camden, New Jersey at the BB&T Pavilion. July 12th, Mansfield, Ohio and Incarceration. September 14th, opening for Iron Maiden at the Bank of California Stadium in Los Angeles. Uh, more dates to be announced soon. Don't forget about Double or Nothing, May 25th. And don't forget Fight for the Fallen in Jacksonville, Florida. That is on uh, July 13th. You don't want to miss that show. It's for a great cause. Uh, and we're going to, we're tearing it up. AW is raring to go. We're making it happen. 
And we will uh, see you there. And also we'll see you on Wednesday for some more Paranormals. The Alternate Route podcast joins us to talk conspiracies, creepy things, uh, horrific events, so on and so on and so on. So have a great weekend. Get ready for Wednesday. You're going to get your pants scared off. Until then, in the meantime, in the between time, stay hard. Stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And a big yeah, boy. We'll see you soon. All right. I'm the one who wants to be with you.